Welcome to Transformers, the podcast about how business people and policymakers are creating a sustainable future. I'm your host, Kai Embren. Time passing very fast and uh, we were in December and you were very busy in uh, Dubai. And I think one of the main points for our talk today will be connected to the COP28 meeting in Dubai. Uh, So a lot of uh, different types of questions, but I think we should start uh, this talk uh, around the role of cities and regions and um, also that you reflect on the outcome. And then for us who have been talking about this type of issue since at least uh, Paris uh, 2015 uh, about the role of cities. And uh, when I had a role, the the work of uh, the Nordic mayors, the question of course has been, do they have a platform in this type of negotiation on a global uh, scale? What has happened under this year? But if you start with the, the outcome of 2023, the main points uh, from that. Yes, uh, as you all know, this is an annual meeting of the, the ministries responsible for the climate agenda. That's called Conference of Parties. Uh, the decisions are throughout the year negotiated by the technical bureaucrats. And at the end of the year, it is uh, finally adopted by ministers. And since the the climate agenda has elevated so high on the agenda of all the nations and the global sustainable agenda, it is becoming almost a fashion that even heads of states are now part of the discussion. And that's also, of course, a legacy from 2009 onwards. The heads of state are mainly invited to these processes to provide basic guidance and the final decisions are adopted by the climate ministers. So if we look at those outcomes, uh, obviously it was a difficult um, challenge. There were huge expectations. First of all, this was seven years after Paris Agreement first adopted, and this was the year to review the progress, what has been achieved and what not. Uh, second, it was the year where the loss and damage uh, negotiations would be concluded. It was more than 30 years small islands and other vulnerable countries were demanding for this. And this was the year where it was especially important because there was a huge discussion on phase-out, fossil fuel phase-out, it was in the country which was one of those oil producing and exporting countries. So there were huge questions how this hosting would influence the outcome. If we look at all these agendas from a cities and regions perspective, ICLE and the rest of other networks, this has become uh, one of our most successful COP ever, ever, once again, in the history of the negotiations. Why? Uh, It was a remarkable year because uh, throughout this uh, This year already on the way to COP, we have been engaged in so many processes. We were building upon our achievements of the last years, especially from Glasgow, the term multi-level action was crafted. And in in Sharm el-Sheikh, we had the first ever climate and urban ministers meeting. And and there was this initiative of surge, which was for the first time addressing urban action and climate action throughout the year from Africa, from Latin America, from the G7, EU, at every discussion, there was a huge recognition of multi-level action. So we were expecting this year will be good uh, for us. Uh, and as well as we also have been involved in the local stock takes. So there was a huge momentum. But the thing that really made a change was the uh, positive support from the presidency, Sultan al-Jabbar, and the partnership he has developed with the Michael Bloomberg. 
so that helped us a huge, uh, gave us a huge support. Uh, throughout the two weeks, uh, local engineers were actively involved first by the local action summit. Then we had the second urban ministerial. Uh, and throughout the two weeks, we had our urbanization and uh, multi-level action urbanization pavilion. In concrete terms, if we conclude this first round, concrete outcomes. So there is an Emirates consensus. It consists of several packets uh, of decisions, uh, five different decisions. First one is the loss and damage fund, and this is particularly important because there are three references in this loss and damage fund, which is referring to direct subnational access, which is uh, so many years of our request to have a direct access to global climate funds. So that is available in the loss and damage fund. There's an adaptation decision, which again foresees role for local engineering governments for multi-level adaptation actions. There are five paragraphs on that. And uh, one important process, Brazilian presidency, Emirates presidency in 2024, 2023, and 2025, and in between Azerbaijan, which will be the host of this year's COP, they have agreed to launch a roadmap to 1.5 degree decision. And the announcement that came from the summit, which is a coalition of national governments for multi-level NDCs to be presented by 2025, this initiative is significantly different from all the previous initiatives in the past because it is a commitment of not just cities, but it is a commitment of nations to bring new climate, national climate plans in collaboration with cities and regions, both in the planning and in their implementation. So that's a complete new era for global and national and local climate action. So how can cities follow up this type of advanced step that you took in, in Dubai? The era of multi-level action has arrived, uh, both in the, the climate process, but also national uh, domestic processes from the north to south, from big nations to small island states. There's every nation having a vision for collab collaborative work at the national level, local energy level. So the first message is that every mayor, every environment manager or environment mayor of, or, or every council of their cities should ask their national governments, primarily Minister of Environment, but other ministers as well. There are particularly 70 countries which have signed this CHAMP initiative. That is much more strong for us because they have committed more active actions. Paragraph 161 says, you are invited to work through multi-level action. So that is the most important thing. Second, obviously, um, these uh, also give a new momentum for our uh, local regional climate plans and in that sense uh, we have been kicking off this area of town hall cops so that uh, preparation of new generation of climate plans to be more ambitious uh, to be much more addressing all the needs of the society and to benefit from national and global resources in order to claim this we are inviting every local government or regional government to dedicate at least half a day or one day in a year before COP, dedicated to global climate issues and, and national uh, climate ambitions, so that then we can report these results to the UN climate processes every year. Uh, these are, are, are the main avenues we can ask them to be connected. Uh, the key message is that uh, 
world building and new civilization. The Emirates Cup, Dubai Cup was really a turning moment. We have to work at home. And this year is also very difficult. You have European Parliament elections. There is elections in the US and so many other countries. So decisions in COPs are not guaranteed for implementation if we do not embrace and take ownership at the local and national level. That's why every local leader, every subnational leader should be alerted and should embrace these outcomes and bring this back to life in their own council decisions, but also with their relations with their national governments. So the, the local government will play a more important role for to drive the change uh, in the implementation of uh, the policies and definitely and, and program. Definitely. But, so let's remember, I mean, we can come back to this Paris Agreement. When Paris Agreement was adopted, the national plans that were presented for Paris Agreement, none of them were aware of the Paris Agreement visions like 1.5 degree or climate neutrality. And none of them were prepared with consultation with us. So that is different. Starting from Dubai, they had a mandate to ask us in the preparation of these national plans. So that is a different context compared to seven years ago. Can you, uh, maybe for the listener also, to, to, to understand the, the names that we're talking about here. We, the, you mentioned global stock take. and. Yeah. Uh, NDCs. Uh, yeah. Can you explain what that stands for so, and where it comes from? So, Paris Agreement, when it was adopted in 2015, it was really a bottom-up spirit uh, because in the Kyoto Protocol, there was a certain enforcement or compliance mechanism by the UN. Let's remember, Kyoto Protocol was only for developed countries. The Global South did not have any role or any responsibility for emission reductions. The Paris Agreement says that all of us will contribute both climate neutrality and compatible with 1.5 degree goals. But all of them will have different starting point and therefore it is much more a, a recommendation for national governments that they have the responsibility to, to elevate every year their climate ambition. But it also had the risk that they may backtrack and that we have seen this. In the case of US, in the case of Brazil, those governments who came after their elections said that, no, no, I don't believe in the Paris Agreement goals. I, I make it much more weak. So there is the opportunity to be more flexible has uh, two sides. It could be, it can be elevated easier, but it can be uh, downscaled easier as well. So the logic of stock take was that this, uh, climate plans, which was more or less five years time frame, that every five years, by the end of this first, by the end of the first period, there should be a lessons learned exercise so that this can guide us for the preparation of the next plans. So as of today, all the climate plans depend on the, the commitments that were announced by 2014, 15 or 16. And obviously, they are not enough. Uh, the, the climate goals are, are far away, around two or three degrees now. So they have to be more ambitious. In order to make this more ambitious, uh, this discussion at the national and local level has to take place. And this has been taken in this sense. In the last two years, there was a global dialogue. We had local dialogues. So now it's time 
to digest all these discussions and bring new elements. And one of the really the good news from Dubai is that the climate commitments are not just mitigation adaptation. We have discussions on food. We have discussions on biodiversity. We have a huge discussion on justice. We have a huge discussion on just transition. These were not the topics that were on the table in Paris. Because the climate agenda has become much more strong and, and, and real, these kind of issues has to be considered. This is the success of the climate and sustainable community. This means the national and local plans should be improved. They should take into account this kind of uh, issues that are the root cause for our climate emergency mode of action. And by benefiting from the announcements coming from Dubai and previous years, we can make our climate plans much more robust and we can make this much more connected to the people on the streets, people in our neighborhoods, so that they can also enjoy the benefit of transition to a low carbon and climate resilient economy. When we look at the deliveries in, in this sense of uh, the, the five years planned, everyone delivering what no. they should? We are much better than what we have been in Paris in 2015. Let's remember, during the past couple of years, the fact that Paris Agreement plans have created a huge momentum, and we even have made progress. For example, we have seen the example of the United States. We have seen the example of Japan, Dominican Republic, Rwanda. We have counted around 60 countries who have brought new climate plans when they consulted with their local and regional governments. They have elevated their national ambitions. It was less than a handful of cities who were committing to climate neutrality. Now we have thousands of them. So definitely there is a huge progress. But compared to the scale of the urgency, compared to the scale of the changes that we have to see in our economies, we are far below the level required. But this process, that stock take and this kind of global conferences is giving us the power, the mandate, the evidence, and the new tools to make our commitments much more robust and more importantly, as you said, much more deliverable. That's why we are so confident that bringing urbanization and climate agenda hand in hand, this is what we achieved over these three years. UN Habitat has a much better understanding of uh, climate agendas. Climate ministers are much more in touch with climate urban ministers. They are much more talking with their cities and regions. This is giving us the confidence the new plans will be better than the past. And this gives us the confidence to our communities that they should be engaged in designing these plans and more importantly, implement. We are seeing everywhere there are even societal resistance. We have seen in this uh, yellow jackets issues. We have seen this in now seeing in the, 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 the agriculture uh, reform in, the, in, in Germany. We are seeing it in, in other countries. Social um, communities are not always fully behind the climate goals. Therefore, we local regions can be helpful for national governments and the global climate community to bridge the citizens and the, the climate plan so that we can talk the same language and we can act together and we can share the benefits together. So uh, when you reflect on the, on your own organization like ICLEI, uh, how will ICLEI act to meet the demands on deliveries 
uh, the local governments and regions? Definitely. So we are, as you are aware, Italy is a global network of more than 2,500 towns, cities, and regions. Obviously, we are talking about hundreds of thousands of cities and regions across the world. Italy cannot claim to be on or be acting on behalf of all of others. But we have other networks, we have other processes, so that we are the, on the front runner of this debate on climate and sustainability. So what, what will be our two years? So we have a two years vision. From Dubai, we are aiming for Belém, Brazil in 2025. Uh, Brazil uh, is also important country because this year in 2024, they will be the G20 presidency and next year they will host the COP. This year, we will also have a huge discussion with Egypt because we will have the World Urban Forum in Cairo this year. But Azerbaijan, which will be the host of this, um, this year's climate talks, will also host the World Urban Forum in 2026. So Egypt, Emirates, Azerbaijan, Brazil, as well as European Union, the G7 countries, we are collectively working that it is a two-year process now. And this two-year process, ICLA's first kickoff will be in June in Sao Paulo, city of Sao Paulo. We will have our three-year world congress. This will be the, the announcement of our roadmap from Sao Paulo to Belém. Belém is a member of ICLA. They are the chair of the Brazilian Amazonian Forum of Cities. So that this will give us the huge opportunity that these 70 countries who have signed up to this initiative to CHAMP, these are the 70 countries who have committed to work with their local and regional governments for new NDCs. We will make sure that ITLE and ITLE members will approach those who are on the front line of these 70 countries that we bring new results already by the December 2020 or November 2024 to Baku. And that gives example to others so that they follow the suit. But in addition to our work with the national governments, ITLE will also call all the cities around the world, all the regions around the world, to transform their town halls into mini cops. That every year, mini uh, town halls of the world cities will have the debate of climate, global climate justice, and global climate transformation, so that the local entrepreneurs, the local um, artisans, the local farmers, the local uh, uh, economy uh, partners, and indigenous people, urban poor, can all be part of this debate. And then we inform the nations that, look, we are connecting the climate goals to the roots, uh, the grassroots, but we are also trying to make sure you address local leaders and local governments in your funds, in your uh, capacity building, and in your financing mechanisms. So that, that will be the journey we will follow. Um, and in that but, sense... But uh, that yeah. uh, seems to be that you turn uh, the the COP meeting around from top down to bottom up. Uh, it exactly has to be like that. I mean, it is actually, as you have rightly said, we are changing the narrative. It's not anymore everyone waits for the ministers of environment to solve the environment crisis. No, this is a crisis that the solution lies in our hands. The solution lies in how we have, how fast we build our new cities or how fast we renovate our existing cities. This is this is a solution. How fast we change our daily habits. How fast it's not anymore phase out of fossil fuels by oil producing countries only. It is how fast communities stop demanding use of fossil fuels. How fast we shift away from using our oil dependent 
uh, internal combustion engines or how fast we shift our uh, consumption episode. We don't have to uh, transport goods across the world just for the sake of our, our daily, daily needs, but more being locally responsible, but also locally conscious. We have uh, the leadership in place to deliver. Definitely, I think leadership, especially in these difficult times, uh, is, is is a creation that is very familiar at the local level. The, the local leaders and subnational leaders are the 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 best examples of innovation, and that's what we have seen in the COVID uh, period. That's what we have seen in the difficult times of of of, of uh, social destructions, social movements that trusted leaders can channel the tensions in their societies to the good, to the better dialogues. So at the local level, um, I think we have to be supporting those leaders who are committing to those climate actions. And we have to, have to bring into those mayor's offices, governor offices for those leaders who are ready to take such commitments. And the the councillors, the, 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 the communities, the the, the, the directors of our uh, urban foods, the director of our urban uh, energy providers, we have to address all of them to be aware of these new developments, to be aware of these new technologies, and to be aware of these new partnerships so that they can bring solutions back to the citizens as quick as possible. And then we can inform the national leaders and we can ask national leaders to bring this onto the table as well. Once again, these are the years ahead with full of opportunities for political challenges. We are aware many of the elections are not driven by climate concerns, but other concerns, but we have to make benefit of every opportunity. Oh, great, great, uh, Jonas. Uh, thank you for uh, your insight uh, from Dubai, but also a reflection on what has happened earlier year. And uh, now um, in the front seat of the deliveries, is the cities, the regions, uh, and to talk uh, with the national government to deliver the national plans. So thank you, Jonas, and uh, it was great to have you in Transformers today. And uh, hope to keep this dialogue on because I think that the dialogue is necessary and uh, also to follow up by deliveries in the local level. Thank you, Kai. Thank you so much, Jonas. I'm Kai Embren. Follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn, where I will be announcing the future guests to this podcast. And you can expect about two programs a month, and each guest has a unique story of making business and society sustainable. So find out more. Visit my homepage, kaiembren.org. Thank you for listening.